This podcast is brought to you by createarank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. Welcome, welcome to the Create a Dynasty Podcast. Tonight, the dynasty is born, baby. Where chasing championships never ends. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. The road to glory begins now. As we discuss draft strategy, trade advice, and player evaluation to help you create a dynasty. Yes, it's a dynasty. Hey, welcome back to the Create a Dynasty podcast, part of the Create a Rank website, as you guys just all heard. Nate's back with me, and for today, we have Luke joining us. What up? What's up, Luke? Glad to have you, man. Excited to be here. Yes, it is. It is very nice to have you, Luke. Um, I just, and I know we said it before the show, I just need you to know that there is only one king <laughs> on this show. So well, being we'll a guest. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let that fly for today while I'm a guest. <laughs> Don't take that from him. <laughs> it, it's okay. I'll, I'll prove it out in our league that uh, who the real king is. There you go. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we got a few things going on for you today. We have bargain bin going to be going over a few wide receivers, of course, some news, and then we're going to be going over the NFC East and Luke, what is your team? Uh, like NFL team, NFL team. Yes. Yeah. Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. Yeah. Now that being said, what's that? I said, we're probably in the same situation. Just hopeful our team can win some games. 49ers over here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting much. But, hey, my big thing is fantasy. I mean, if it comes push comes to shove, I'm probably one of the few people that uh, I'll root for fantasy over any specific team in the NFL, honestly. I can respect that. I can respect that. Yeah, lately I've had to be like that. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, Jimmy G. Jimmy G's made of paper and glass, so it's hard for uh... – Ah, okay. Just to get on track. Well, I mean, hey, I don't know if you guys heard, but today Detroit uh, ended up signing Mike Daniels from uh, Green Bay. So now they're Super Bowl ready? Super Bowl bound, baby. This is it. Because he said, hey, I'm only <laughs> signing to play with a contender. So, I mean, you do the math. He signed with the Lions, so therefore, the one Lions are contenders. <laughs> <laughs> so, after that, we're going to get into some, what is it, prospect? Yeah, and- prospect of the week. And then, of course, a Twitter analysis. We reached out to you guys on Twitter. Someone responded, and we're going to help. So, actually, you know, let's get into it right now. News. New York Giants. Shepard fractured thumb, or Shepard fractured his thumb 
on the first day of camp. What does that do for him in Dynasty? Uh, I mean, so a fractured hand. It's actually – and you guys heard Corey Coleman tore his ACL as well for the Giants. But Corey Coleman had a broken hand his first two seasons in the league, and it took him about seven weeks to recover-ish. So I would expect a similar time frame for Shepard. You know, where it is right now, you have five weeks in the preseason. Um, and I don't think they're actually playing games this coming weekend. So you know, I, he should maybe miss a game or two. It wouldn't really hurt his dynasty value for me. But uh, definitely something where I might be snapping up uh, like Darius Slayton or something. And we'll talk about the Giants uh, later in the, the segment here. Yeah, so I, I'd say that it opens up actually a little bit of a buying window for Shepard um, if someone's that concerned about it. So do you think people are going to panic and try to get Tate? I mean, if they're already a little concerned about Shepard or they're not super high on him and you can get him for even cheaper because they don't trust him because he just broke his thumb. If it opens up that window, it's worth throwing some offers out there, I think. Yeah, for sure. What would you be willing to pay? Like a, a two, or is that too much? I, I'd pay a second for Shepard. Yeah. He's kind of one of those guys that's probably worth more than a second, but less than a first. I agree. Yep. And yep. getting Shepard for a second, that would be pretty nice, honestly. Well, I think, and they just gave him a big contract. And like I said, we're, we're covering the NFCs today, so we'll dive into that. But yeah. they paid him like they want him to be the number one guy, so – you know, money talks. And so if he's going to be the number one guy, I, I would take a wide receiver one for a second round rookie pick. No, I agree. I agree. And so for this next one, I'm actually going to take a little segment from our, our sister podcast. So if they're here and yes, I said sister. Cleveland kitchens. Duke will have a role on the offense. Is that news or noise? Uh, I mean, I kind of feel like it's coach speak, but man, Duke Johnson is a, is a, pretty dang good football player and Freddie Kitchens wants to have all of his weapons available to him. You have a pretty good quarterback. You have an elite wide receiver one in Odell Beckham. You have Jarvis Landry working from the slot. You have David Ajoku, Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt coming back from suspension after week eight. But I mean, Duke Johnson from prior to last season had led all running backs in receptions from the time he entered the league until the start of last season. And that, that's pretty phenomenal. And if you're playing a PPR format, that's a, that's a viable flex play every week with a decent floor. Now, Nick Chubb uh, does have that receiving ability, but it sounds like they want to work him in and get him touches. So I'm excited to own Duke as a later stash, maybe my running back four or five type. So kind of noise for you because – for me it's noise just because of the fact is if he's playing, Hunt isn't there. The only one they have is Chubb. Duke is a great running back, and I think people have slept on him for a long time, and people are still going to sleep on him because of the Hunt signing. I agree. Luke? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Duke. I just am probably – unless he gets traded, I'm probably fading him. There's just too many mouths to feed in the offense. Well, is that a reason to buy him then? Because if he's going to get traded to uh, Tampa Bay or Houston or L.A., I mean, is that something where you might buy him in hopes that he gets moved or is that not a strategy uh, you employ? Yeah, maybe I own him in a few leagues because I just I've loved him ever since he really entered the league. Um, I'm probably not actively looking at him, but if I can get him as kind of a throw in on the back end of a deal, he's one of those players that you might get thrown in on a bigger deal and be happy to get him. But yeah, gotcha. Would you trade him for like a third or a fourth? Oh, yeah, if I could get a get him for a third, I'd probably do that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. 
And I was making, I was poking fun, but I mean, for everyone listening, check out the lineup blocked podcast. They are a great podcast, especially since we have redraft leagues starting up soon and coming around the corner. Great podcast to listen to. Yeah, check those guys out. They've been breaking down their top ranks at positions. I think they're down to wide receiver fifty-five. Was the last yeah, they're one going I saw. they're going deep into into the yep. lineups, which for deeper, yep. which we just got done drafting for a um, redraft league with Creator Rank within you know everybody who works there, um, and that was a very deep bench because we're starting what four flex right correct so indiana jack doyle returns to practice on thursday after the hip injury for the colts i don't know about you guys but i as a detroit lions fan i got to watch a lot of eric ebron i got to see a lot of his deficiencies but i was happy that he could break out last year and uh perform well in, in indianapolis and I just don't know if it's sustainable. You know, 13 uh, receiving touchdown, touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Uh, I ended up watching his top 100 segment, uh, the NFL Top 100 and NFL Network. He was player number 66, which I thought was absolutely ludicrous because touchdowns are very fluky. They're hard to repeat. And when Jack Doyle played, Jack Doyle was consistently out snapping Eric Ebron. So what this tells me is that Doyle's back, he's healthy, and I would expect to kind of fade Eric Ebron. Um, and Jack Doyle, I think they'll kind of eat into each other's work where neither of them will be elite, and Ebron goes back to being more touchdown dependent than he was before. Yep, I entirely agree. And not only that, they also ha- added uh, Paris Campbell. They added Funches. T.Y. Hilton's healthy. Uh, Nike Hines is a heck of a pass catcher. Like They just have way too many mouths to feed in that offense. Deion Kane's lo- apparently looking really hot right now. So. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm probably, yeah, I've, I've loved Doyle for a long time. He's kind of one of those guys like Duke that uh, I've always thought could be the guy. And uh, I just, I don't know, too many mouths to feed right now in that offense. Yep. Great for luck. Not great for the tight ends. <laughs> exactly. So coming from New Orleans Saints in Dallas, Michael Thomas and Ezekiel Elliott, both no-shows for starter camp. We kind of expected this from uh, Michael Thomas. And I know we talked in a previous pod, Lou, about how we're dealing with all these running back holdouts, uh, most notably like last year, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, this year, sounds like Melvin Gordon's going to try it. And now Zeke. Uh, just from the things I've been reading on Twitter, different articles, it sounds like Zeke's just kind of doing this. Um, he's, it sounds like he's going to report. And I don't know if you guys saw Sean Payton uh, had an interview where, I mean, without saying it, he pretty much said – get this guy paid, get him on the field. I'm trying to win football games. So I wouldn't expect either of these to be these long dragged out missing a year. Um, but it is, I think it just kind of is just camp fodder at this point. I'd agree with that. Um, I don't know if, are we getting into Melvin Gordon at all? Uh, we did, Go we did the last show, but yeah, man, dive more into your perspective. No, I, I, I agree. Michael Thomas and Zeke, I, think right now neither of them are uh, a major concern Melvin Gordon I'm pretty concerned about at this point um I just I think they've got some quality guys uh backing them up I think Eckler's one of the more underrated and more valuable guys right now in fantasy um even if Gordon comes back he's a viable streamer so Gordon kind of scares me these two uh Thomas and Zeke I think are probably um 
not anything to be too concerned about yet. Uh, if we get another four weeks into the preseason and there's not faders showing up, then we might have some concerns. Yeah, and I'd have to – I was listening to uh, J.J. Zacharyson on the Late Round podcast this morning on my drive to work. I have to look more into the, the contract wording, but it sounds like because Melvin Gordon's in his fifth year of his first-round contract, that the team option that every first-rounder gets um, – it doesn't sound like he actually has any leverage at this point because if he doesn't no. play, it doesn't count towards an accrued season. Therefore, he's still under that fifth-year option next year. It doesn't push towards the tags. I don't, I don't know exactly what the verbiage is, and I want to look into it a little bit more. But I don't from from that. I don't understand why he would miss the whole year if he's not going to gain anything from it. Yeah, and I believe if, if he misses games, things like that, he gets fined as well. So he'd be losing money yep. on top. He gets fined from the late round podcast. It was 30 K a day for training camp. There you go. See? Yeah. There's like you said, there's no leverage. Yeah. I think the, I think the outcome either he gets paid, um, but it still could be a couple weeks into the season, which is going to hurt your start of the season or um, he gets traded, which I think is certainly possible. Um, Where would you see uh, landing spots for him? I mean, I, I think everybody would say Tampa Bay or Houston at this point, right? I mean, those make sense. If he, if he ends up in Houston, I think that immediately uh, helps their offense. Tampa Bay, probably same thing. Oh, because he's a Wisconsin Badger, I've seen Green Bay. What would that do for you? I mean, it would be interesting. I just – I'm not super high on Jones or Jamal Williams at this point. Um I also just don't know what that offense is going to look like uh, under a brand new head coach. I'm, one thing you'll kind of learn with me is I'm very big into systems. And I think that uh, for the most part, a lot of players are replaceable, but systems aren't. And so when it's a brand new coach per season that we don't have a whole lot of uh, knowledge on what that's going to look like. And we saw him pr- stick pretty consistently with the running back by committee in Tennessee. Um, I don't know if that scares me. Um, so if they traded for Gordon, that would, that would surprise me. I just don't know that that's something that um, LaFleur is really looking for. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know why I, I thought of this, and I don't even know the the money situation, but what about seeing him on Seattle? I mean, so they've got a lot of – Carson, obviously cheap, seventh-round draft pick. They've invested into Penny, so do they want to stunt Penny's growth maybe? I, I mean, I don't know, but that, that would be a nice – I mean, let's face it, Melvin Gordon's a damn good running back, uh, and he would make any team he goes on better. But, you know, I, I don't know. Is that something that – that's 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 interesting, Lou. Don't do not do that to me. That that would just <laughs> – I have Penny in every league. I, I mean, I don't know. I think there's one league that I don't have Penny in right now, so that would just crush me. I, I'm just saying, I, think about um, them trading Penny for, for him. I mean, they – Okay. <laughs> Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that. I was gonna say with three of those guys back there. I might get a little clogged up, but a, a yeah. one for one swap, dude, that might not be a bad idea. It would work out for both teams. I, um, why can't I think of names right now? Penny gets a shot because it, you still have what Jackson back there and in an Eckler, an Eckler. So I mean, he gets a better shot than what he has. Well, no, not really. I mean, it's going to be more convoluted back, but we at least keep Melvin Gordon relevant. Yeah. Look, yeah, he'd be nice with Russell Wilson too. Yeah, exactly, and they it it fit right in for what they're trying to do. Yep, little beast mode light. Yeah, and the other one that kind of 
confuses me is Zeke just because of all the offseason issues that he's had, not just this year, but but previous years. It's interesting that he would try the holdout because it's interesting and I see it because also the offense runs through him. So he has leverage. Yeah. He's he's not a running back in that offense that, that you can easily replace. Now, if they were to go out and in the offseason sign Melvin Gordon or something, like sure. If you can find somewhere that somebody yeah, that's close to see this season, then sure. But yeah, there's nobody on Dallas's roster right now that can step in and give you half of the production that Ezekiel Elliott can. Um, I don't know, man, because that, that is kind of confusing. But I think what you're seeing is with this depreciation of running backs in real NFL football, I think these guys are, are – they've had enough, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you got quarterbacks making $30 million a year that haven't done anything. And you have uh, Zico Elliott, who's literally – obliterated every single defense he's ever played against in three seasons. Why is he valued so much less? And I, under, I understand why he's valued so much less, but from their perspective, why aren't they getting paid? You know? And so if they can hold out and hamstring an off or a team like that, like Zeke specifically can, I think Zeke would kind of be yeah. doing it for everybody else. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, me trying to see through his eyes, if you're paying Dak, pay me. Exactly. Who's yeah. Could you win with somebody else and Zeke, or could you win with Dak and somebody else? You know, like uh, yep. I would probably take somebody else and Zeke. Yep. But. Yep. All right, guys. That's the end of the news. Let's go to this. This is the bargain bin. Bargain bin. So we have two wide receivers for you Adam Thielen uh, with an ADP, Dynasty ADP of 26, wide receiver 12. Or Chris Godwin with an ADP of 47, wide receiver 23. What do you guys think? Now, obviously, there's a difference between these guys in age. You have one good, wide, well, really good wide receiver, and then one up-and-coming wide receiver. I think, personally, <laughs> talked about Adam Thielen. I think he's over the hump. I know some people may disagree with me, but I don't think he's an ascending um, piece of my team. I think Chris Godwin is on that up and up. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Bruce Arians talking about Chris Godwin could stay on the field 100% of the snaps, which obviously isn't going to happen. But, and yes, it does sound like coach speak, but that's something that he could definitely be an important part of that offense and they could funnel targets his way. Um, So I'm super excited about Chris Godwin, but real quick, this, this ADP stuff, we switched over from fantasy pros to the fantasy football calculator all this data is based on right now I'm looking at it is 607 fantasy football mock drafts between May 18th, 2019 and today, July 26, 2019. So some of this data may be skewed a little bit as time, because this goes all the way back to May. So some of this stuff, the hype of Chris Godwin, it's not exactly like the last week ADP, but for our studies, it's a bigger pool to look from. So understand that these numbers might be a little bit different than what they actually are today, but it's a bigger sample size. So this is what we're going to try to use going forward. Our stat guy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more as far as uh, Godwin goes. He's um, right there, probably in my top three or four kind of uh, players that I'm planting my flag in this year. Um, so I, I'm all in on Godwin. Yeah, I think right now, I think you said wide receiver 23 is what the ADP is on there. I've seen him anywhere from like, 17 to 20 um in a lot of drafts i've done recently and i mean i'm i'm taking him there every time all day long i 
he checks off nearly every statistical box coming out of college. Um, he is he he last year he he only saw what was it like fifty something percent of the snaps, um, and Tampa Bay lost like two hundred snaps uh, or two hundred uh, targets from that team, losing uh, the couple players, Deshaun Jackson and. Adam Humphreys. Yeah, yeah, Adam Humphreys. Um, so I would, I'm all over Godwin. I think that he's being drafted at his floor. I don't think that uh, I'd be shocked if he were anything below wide receiver 20 this year. And I think he's got legit top 10 upside. I agree. No, I agree. And then, I mean, just looking at the players that go around him with Thielen, you have Diggs at, with an ADP of 23. And Adam Thielen is going at 26, so he's going a little bit above him. But, you know, these guys can fall. Keenan Allen at 25, Carrion at 27, Fournette at 29, Michelle at 30, Kittle at 31, Galladay at 32. I mean, from an age perspective, I'd rather have Diggs, Keenan Allen, Carrion, maybe not Fournette, maybe not Michelle, Kittle. I'll take Galladay. Um, and then Godwin – at, at, with an ADP of 47, Landry at 43, Green 44, Freeman 45, Luck 46, Allen Robinson 48, Mac 49, Watkins 50, Cohen 51. So out of that pool, I really do not care for anybody there besides Luck if I want to go quarterback early. But, I mean, Godwin sounds kind of like a diamond in the rough in those with those names. Yeah, because, I mean, you could pair on Johnson with Chris Godwin. I think that's a pretty dang good – Probably your running back two, wide receiver two, just off the board if I'm just yeah. guessing at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good versus taking Thielen and then like uh, Marlon Mack. Like I, I do think Mack is a good play for 19, but I don't know if he has a future in 2020. I just don't know. And his receiving upside is limited. Or you could take Cohen as your running back two, who also has got some uh, limitations now with David Montgomery. So I think the best bang for your buck would be to take like carry on as your running back two and then take Chris Godwin as your wide receiver two. Or you go Diggs, Godwin, Kittle, Godwin. Yep. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, I'm taking Godwin over Galladay. Is that a hot take? <laughs> no, dude, I'm kind of with you, especially as a Lions fan. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel. Um, yeah, Galladay is the undoubted number one in Detroit. Uh, but, dude, he's 25. I don't know if, if people realize this. He's yeah. an older older dude. Yeah. Um, and that's not everything. You know, wide receivers can play past 30, but – that cliff we talk about at 30 is kind of scary, man. Chris Godwin is 23 years old. Saw seven touchdowns last year, almost 100 targets, and that was with Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys on the team. So, yes, O.J. Howard is coming back, and so that's going to eat into some of those uh, targets. Uh, but I fully, like you're saying, man, if, if Chris Godwin's on a top 20 wide receiver this year, I'll, I'll be shocked. Yep. I was just looking at that list around Thielen, and they're – the, at the very least, Galladay, and if not a couple other guys, I'd rather have Godwin over even the guys that are around Thielen. That's how I'm feeling about Godwin this year. So yep. he's he's easily in my top top twenty wide receivers. Probably top. I think he's. I think right now I have him ranked about wide receiver sixteen. I think in Dynasty. Nice. Yeah, he's 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 a damn good talent. Yeah. No, I agree. So I think we all agree, Godwin. I'll take Godwin. Yep. All right. All right. Let's move on. You know, and and actually, before we move on, let me, let's do this. I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com. 
Brought to you by the guys at CPMC, this service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and createarank.com slash product slash CPMC. All right. NFC East. Let's start with Dallas. Let's do it. So um, part three of our eight-part divisional breakdown before the season kicks off. NFC East, the first team we'll look at is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, uh, my quarterback, 14. And again, when I give you guys my positional rankings, that's the dynasty value I see them having. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's my 14th overall quarterback. I just think he's the 14th most valuable asset at quarterback. Um, he's a young dude. Um, he's actually pretty solid fantasy quarterback, finished no lower than a quarterback one in his first three seasons. Uh, right now, Dallas is in contract discussions with him. It sounds like it'll be about $30 million a year based on what I've seen and heard. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, the running back there, he's my running back too. He's 24, entering his fourth season. He is consistently in the top 12 as well. Um, despite actually one season, he only played uh, 10 games, still finishing the top 12. He, last year, he showed some receiving ability. Uh, 77 catches last year was good to see for him. And again, he is in year four of his uh, first-round pick deal, which means they have a team option for the fifth year. I would expect a contract extension to be talked about here shortly as well. Amari Cooper is my wide receiver, 13. He's 25. He's entering his fifth NFL season. Last season traded uh, to Dallas from Oakland, so he actually gets a full offseason to work with Dak Prescott and the rest of the offense. Uh, He was wide receiver 19 last season. He was a first-round pick again, so he's in his fifth year. I would expect an extension to be talked about here soon as well. Uh, Michael Gallup's wide receiver, two in Dallas. He's 23 years old, entering his second NFL season. Last year, he was the wide receiver 76, but he did see 68 targets, which is a pretty good number. Uh, He's in year two of his rookie deal, so he wasn't a first-round pick. That means he gets a four-year contract. And then I don't really have any valuable fantasy assets at the tight end position. They're rolling out Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz. Obviously, Jason Witten stepped out of the Monday night football booth to come back down, but I'm not really buying him either. Um, As far as other guys I like on this team, Randall Cobb could be a decent uh, stash for pretty cheap for a dynasty contender. And then I obviously want to own the handcuff to Ezekiel Elliott, whether that's Mike Weber or Tony Pollard. What do you think about Dallas, fellas? Yeah, I was looking through our show notes beforehand, and I think it's a lot of it's pretty straightforward. I think Dyke's a pretty uh, safe floor, probably not a super high ceiling. I think he probably finishes somewhere between quarterback 14 and quarterback 7, maybe 6. Um, I think that's where he's been pretty much every year of his – career and I'd expect that to be the same this year and moving forward so um, I don't think he has that top tier quarterback upside but I don't think he's gonna lose you your league either so I think he's good Uh, Zeke's obviously Zeke uh, assuming he gets paid um, I think he'll be just fine obviously one of the top four running backs in fantasy I think where I things get interesting for me is probably Amari Cooper Um, hey Hey, I keep going back and forth on him uh, for this show. I actually went back and I, I looked at how he did what his wide receiver finishes were once he came to Dallas and real quick, he finished uh, his weekly finishes since he moved to Dallas week nine, he finished his wide receiver 13, 20, 49, one, 24, one, 40, 63, 53. So he won you your week twice. He was 
didn't lose or win you your week three times, and he lost you your week four different times over that span. And for me, that's just – it's so inconsistent. And maybe some of that's still learning the playbook and learning how to play with Dak in a new team. I think he's super talented, probably one of the more talented wide receivers to come out in the last five years. I just – I don't know. I think – He's probably getting drafted a little high for me. Um, I, I'd rather have a guy that's a little more consistent, I guess. Yeah, um, I would fade him. Because I. it's funny that you say that because I was going to do the exact same thing and go through his weeks because that's what I have on my notes. And <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. All you did was validate. Because um, even at the beginning, week one, wide receiver uh, well so luke i don't know if you were there at the beginning when we started this create a rank but i did the uh, consistency chart and one thing that i looked at was amari cooper because he was interesting to me because he did score a lot more points when he was traded but then i had to go back and see what his consistency was when he was with oakland and when he was with dallas and at the beginning starting week one he was a wide receiver three or higher and then a wide receiver two a wide receiver three or higher. And then in week four, a wide receiver one. And then five and six, I kind of give him a pass because he had one target in week five and they were pretty much done with him, I'm sure, at that point. Um, but it's just goes to show that even last year, if you go back, he is inconsistent and he's going to be inconsistent. Yep. And that's he's been that way ever since he entered the league. And we've always, the fantasy community's always blamed that on the Raiders and Derek Carr and I'm sure that's some of the blame, but I mean, during your fantasy playoffs, he finished his wide receiver 40, 63, and 53. I mean, that, 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 when just, it counts. that ruined your entire fantasy season last year. And maybe this year he gets more on the same page with them and we see some more of those wide receiver one finishes. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's a little too risky for me. I think I, I own, well, what was it? Our, our listener league, Lou, I drafted uh, Amari Cooper in the third round have a 12-man dynasty and I mean honestly and I'm not I'll say it people are listening as soon as he pops I'm, I'm going to try to sell him if he scores 50 points in a week like he did last year I'm going to try to sell him because I don't trust his consistency I can't I can't rely on him being this bona fide wide receiver one week in a week out like you're saying and we talk about roster construction right we talk about uh the guy I keep thinking about it's DK Metcalf okay blow up and win you a week you know and Amari Cooper could do that with 50 points 43 points we've seen that but for me that's more of a flex play that's not a third round pick that's not somebody I'm trying to draft high and rely on you know no I I agree um so that you bring up an interesting point Nate um let's get into it like some real fantasy talk and how people would, would deal with that so you said that you're waiting for Amari Cooper to blow up and then trade him right yeah because it's 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 smart and i agree with you it's smart but in this league where you have a bunch of people who study fantasy football do you think it's possible to get away with that maybe so one of the one of the guys in that league actually is one of my one of my best friends from high school believe it or not thank you to randomization of picking winners but he's a big amari cooper fan and I'm not saying he's going to buy him from me, but you do have people that do believe in the talent. I mean, the dude is talented. He is extremely talented. And let's just say Amari Cooper hits week three, man. He's slow. He's slow and pops week three. That's something that you can kind of play off. Like 
yeah, whatever, first two games of the year, they're getting it figured out. Boom, pops. Right. Especially if Zeke so, has a big game. Right. And so, you know, if we're talking week eight or nine and he hasn't popped yet, he's going to be much harder to sell if he's been a dud for nine weeks. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I just do think he's a highly volatile wide receiver too. So, Yep. Yeah, thing, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. One thing I, I ran too is I, I ran back and looked since, um, since, oh my goodness, you might have to cut this part out. I don't remember his name. The, uh, Head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm totally blanking. Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. My goodness. It's okay. We, it's okay. That's it's forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He is. He has been pretty forgettable as a head coach again. <laughs> <laughs> um, since he's he took over as head coach in 2011, um, he had two years with Roma where they were um, top ten in yards and attempts. But since then, in 2013 to 18, they finished it. 14th, 16th, 27th, 23rd, 26th, and 23rd. So bottom half of the league every year in passing yards and attempts. It's even worse. It's like 31st, 23rd, 30th, 29th, 21st. So this is not a passing offense. Um, Garrett's proven that over the course of five plus years. And like you said earlier, this offense runs through Zeke and it's, it's uh, not even entirely a knock on Amari Cooper and, um, even Michael Gallup, I think, is an interesting player, but honestly, the offense itself just isn't really friendly to uh, wide receivers. I'd rather have wide receivers on an offense that are going to be passing a whole lot more. Sure. No, I before agree. we wrap up, before we wrap up, Dallas, I got four questions for you guys. You ready? Rapid fire. Would you sign Dak Prescott for thirty million dollars a year? You have to. Yes. Okay. Would do you think? So I guess we all think then Dak's contract situation gets figured out is Ezekiel Elliott does his contract situation get figured out it has to be for that team to be playoff contention yeah I guess yeah probably and then do they re-sign Amari Cooper maybe yeah (laughs) uh I would I would think that they would I think Jones would want to sign him just because he spent one the number one pick on them and I don't think he'd want to look dumb so I would say yes and realistically football wise for maybe not for fantasy but I believe for football he is good for the team because it takes pressure off Z or even if Pollard were to come in it takes pressure off Pollard because that's where they're strong their run game sure yeah I could buy all that all right anybody got anything else for Dallas Move on to Washington. That's it. Washington, let's go. So this is probably one of the most confusing teams in the NFL. I don't really know what to think of them. They were decent last year. They had a a good old line before injuries started happening, but they're extremely young, and I kind of don't like them for this year, but I think there could be an ascending team. So at quarterback, uh, they have Dwayne Haskins, first-round pick. Uh, He's my quarterback 21 right now. He's 22 years old. He threw for 50 touchdown passes last year in the Big Ten, which was absolutely crazy. Contrary to Stephen A. Smith's belief, he is a non-threat in the run game. And there's reports right now that he is competing uh, with the first team um, with Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. So it'll be interesting to see when he takes over. Uh, Darius Geis is the lead back there. He's my dynasty running back nine. He's 22 years old, entering his second year. He missed all of last season with an ACL injury. He was pretty dang good at LSU, and that's all we can work off of right now. Uh, He didn't really have much receiving usage at LSU, but – uh, Washington has hyped him up as somebody who's able to catch. And he wasn't a first-round pick, so he does have a four-year deal. He's in year two of that. 
The running back who took over last year after Geis went down is Adrian Peterson. I have him as my running back, 65. He's 34 years old, and he's entering his 13th NFL season. He actually finished as a running back 19 last year at 33 years old, which is kind of absolutely crazy. Ran for over 1,000 yards uh, prior to the start – or in this offseason, the 2019 offseason, he signed a two-year $5 million deal. His cap hit and dead cap are pretty even for 19, so I don't think they'll cut him this year. But in 2020, he goes to a cap hit of $3.25 million, only dead cap of seven fifty. So I think this move was made to ensure that Darius Geis was good to go before they, they hand him the reins. Wide receiver is kind of a black hole for me. So the two guys I want to highlight are Trey Quinn. I have him as my wide receiver 45. He was Mr. Irrelevant in the 2018 draft. I mean, this is the last pick in the NFL draft. He's 23 years old, entering his second season. He only played three games last year, but he's been talked about a lot by Jay Gruden as having the slot position locked down after Jamison Crowder left for the New York Jets. He's in year two of his four-year rookie deal. And the other wide receiver I want to talk about is Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State. I have him as my wide receiver 78 right now just because he's a little, I'm a little uncertain on him. But he's 23 years old. He was a third-round pick this year, and he was the first skill player that the Redskins picked to accompany Dwayne Haskins in this draft. So with Haskins last year, he actually scored 11 touchdowns at Ohio State. He's on a four-year rookie deal. Jordan Reed is the main tight end there. I have him as my tight end 28 just kind of due to his age and health. Uh, he's 29 years old, entering his seventh NFL season. Last year, he finished as a tight end 15. Uh, he did have over 80 targets, which is nice to see for a tight end. He's got three years left on his five-year deal. His cap hit in 19 is $9.67 million with a dead cap of 3.6, and I think he becomes cuttable after that season, where his cap hit in 2020 is $10.3 million with only a dead cap of 1.8. And in 2021, there's no more guaranteed money, so his cap hit's $9 million with no dead cap. Um, some of the other guys I want to keep an eye on at Washington, I, I really like Kelvin Harmon. I really like Bryce Love and then maybe Paul Richardson at wide receiver. But, again, I really just don't know anything about these Washington wide receivers. Guys, what do you think about Washington? Take it, Luke. I am fading the Redskins almost entirely. Uh, I, I, I love how you said the wide receiver is a black hole. And Jay Gruden, the best wide receiver finish that he's had since taking over is Deshaun Jackson back in 2014 as wide receiver 23. Um, and since then has never had a wide receiver post uh, better than wide receiver 31 numbers. <laughs> Last year, the best wide receiver on the team was Doxon at uh, wide receiver 66. So I just, I'm not touching any of these wide receivers, especially with just the quarterback uncertainty, at least for this year. Uh, I do think McLaurin's kind of interesting pairing him up with Haskins. And I think Trey Quinn is uh, a talented guy, but at least for this year, they're probably not doing a whole lot. Um, and honestly, you can probably buy them even cheaper because uh, there does seem to be a little bit of hype around them right now. Uh, I bet you can buy them cheaper mid season this year. Uh, I think guys is, uh, uh, he scares me a whole lot. I was excited about him last year, but uh I think the um, re-signing Adrian Peterson and then drafting Bryce Love speaks volumes to how the Redskins feel right now. And uh, I think if Bryce Love gets healthy, I think he's not that far behind Geis on a talent level, honestly. So um, I'm fading most of this offense until things get sorted out. I think Jordan Reed's an interesting player for redraft. I know this is a dynasty league, but Reed is definitely worth a target in redraft leagues. Um, and even if you're at a, a contender this year, uh, Reed is worthy of a starting option or at least a backup tight end, I think. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I just I don't trust this offense at all. And I'm, I'm probably fading it as much as I can. Yeah, that makes sense.
No, I, I definitely hear you. And I think, honestly, Redskins can be a sneaky team as far as not saying playoff team, just I think they can win some games. Um, but just because they you weren't expecting them to do anything last year and they did something, they just have a, how do you say, kind of a secret solid team. Um, it's built through the trenches. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, when there's grit, you can you can do something. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, but I'd agree with that too. I think it's just a matter of, I think there's a lot of uncertainty around every single skill position right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I would not bet on these guys, but like yeah. I said, it's, it's it's sneaky. But like to answer your question, Nate, about Dwayne Haskins. So just to give my two cents, my opinion, he starts week four. Week four. Okay. Yeah. Why? I think that's fair. Yeah, why? You want to see his uh, the first three games? Let's see. Do you it. know the first three games? Uh, I could look it up, but I, I think you've already done that. I have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles, Cowboys, Bears. Yeah. Why would you start your quarterback against the Eagles, Cowboys, or Bears? Yeah, that's no, fair, man. It's uh, He's super talented. I can't say that enough, and I know he's kind of – he feels like he was snubbed when the Giants didn't take him at six overall. And I love a guy. Yeah, with confidence. That yeah. is angry. Yeah. He's angry. I mean, yeah. That was he wanted to be a giant. His dad was hyping him up about going to New York and the brand. And now he's back in Washington with I mean, he's from the, the DC Maryland area. I, I think this is a good fit for him and he's he's angry, you know, and they gave him all these young weapons and all these guys could flop, but there is so much So speaking of New York, guess who he has week four? The Giants? Yes, sir. Guess who's our third team? <laughs> we're, we're all about segues here. At that exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Giants, Patriots, which, which more often than not at the beginning of the season, Patriots aren't really a great defensive team to me. They usually become a good defensive team in the playoffs. And then I was Dolphins. Looking. I was looking at the Patriots stats as a side note because somebody was saying Matt Patricia is not a great defensive coach. Matt Patricia is a bend, don't break. And so the Patriots do that where they'll mm-hmm. give up yards, but they don't give up points per game or points per drive. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a game where Haskins could light them up as far yeah. as through the air for yards. I'm not saying they're going to win because Patriots, I, I, don't, I don't bet against the Patriots anymore. No, but good practice yeah but exactly and then not only that even if you lose and you keep it close that's a confidence builder yep i mean because he could he, he'll probably throw for over 300 yards 250 300 yeah. yards it's and just, then after that week three or the the third week of him starting is the dolphins yeah. that's the perfect slot to play him new york redskins dolphins yeah, Get yeah. Your feet sorry out. sorry new york patriots dolphins uh, gotcha um, and then my other guy is mclaren but let's move on well real quick do you guys think guys is a uh not for this year. Are they pre- are they preventing what we saw with Dalvin Cook last year, where Dalvin Cook tried to come back from his ACL a little early, yeah. which caused some soft tissue issues with his hamstring and being able to come back? Is that why they signed Peterson, or are they legitimately concerned about his health? I think they're concerned about his health. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't – yeah, both of them. I was going to say, was it Alex Smith or Geis? But both of them got that infection. infection. Yep. yep. Yeah, so, yeah, you you bring him along slowly. I think Geis is a great running back. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's this year. And realistically, if they use him the way I think they're going to use him, I think it's going to be between him and Adrian Peterson. 
I, during the midseason, I would say to start to look to buy him cheap because I think he will be something next year. Yeah, because I think like weeks four through six, I think they're going to slow roll him, like you're saying, and his value could decrease because it's actually still pretty high right now, believe it or not, despite him not taking a step. His value stayed the same, if not like gone up since last year, which is just insane. It's bonkers. All right, you guys got anything else for Washington? No. All right, so uh, the New York football giants, um, they picked six overall this year. Um, ended up drafting their quarterback of the future. But the guy that's currently there is Eli Manning. I have him as my dynasty quarterback, 37. He's 38 years old, and he's entering his 16th NFL season. He was the quarterback 17 last year. And like we mentioned, he drafted Daniel Jones, number six overall. He's my quarterback, 22, for dynasty value. Jones is much more athletic than Eli Manning is right now. And Daniel Jones got a lot of hype from a bunch of quarterback gurus. You know, Peyton Manning, Daniel Cutcliffe – I'm sorry, David Cutcliffe, uh, the head coach at Duke. Uh, Eli Manning is in his final year of a four-year, $84 million extension. And so he's, he's probably not going to get cut this year, but it, it's almost like that perfect draft year replacement. Let him learn under the two-time Super Bowl MVP. Uh, at running back, I obviously have Saquon Barkley. He's my dynasty running back number one. He's 22 years old, entering his second NFL season. Last year he was the running back one. Saw well over 120 targets. Uh, had an over 90 catches, which really boosts his value in PPR. He's in the second year of his first-round deal, so he'll have a fifth-year option uh, by the team. And wide receiver, we talked about Sterling Shepard breaking his hand, but he is their wide receiver one. He's my wide receiver 57, which kind of seems low that I'm saying it out loud, but he's 25 years old, entering his fourth season, signed that big extension in the offseason, which locks him up through 2023. Last year, he finished as the wide receiver 30. And his dead cap numbers, he doesn't really become cuttable until about 2022 when his cap hits $10.5 million and his dead cap's $4 million. Uh, besides that, it's, it's pretty even. Wide receiver two in New York is the is uh, Golden Tate, formerly of the Detroit Lions. He's near and dear to my heart. I have him at wide receiver 48 just because of his solid PPR floor. He's 30 years old, entering his, tw- his 10th NFL season. Last year, he finished as a wide receiver of 29. Saw over 100, uh, 110 targets last year. He signed a four-year deal in the offseason, so he'll be a giant through 2022. And his cap numbers, he's not really cuttable again until 2021 when his cap hits $11 million and his dead cap's $5 million. After that, it decreases. Evan Ingram's a tight end. He was a first-round pick. He's 24 years old, entering his third NFL season. Last year, despite only playing 11 games, he finishes the tight end 13. But would have finished as the tight end 7 in points per game. I saw about 60 targets in 2018, and he's in the second year of his rookie deal, so I would expect them to pick up his fifth-year option. So it'll end up being a five-year contract, but he's in year two of that um, uh, with a possible extension coming here shortly. Uh, Some of the other guys we talked about, uh, Corey Coleman blowing out his ACL. He's probably done for the year, so a wide receiver I'm targeting is Darius Slayton. He was a draft pick by the Giants this year in 2019. Uh, Fellas, what do we think about the Giants? So the Giants have always confused me because when you look at their pieces, they always look like they have good pieces. I mean, last year, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram. Um, It just, there's so much uncertainty that like for me coming into this off season with Saquon Barkley, I was hoping that I would get the first pick just so that I can trade Saquon Barkley because of the, the value that he brings and he can get you. But what does the offense look like once Daniel Jones starts? What does Evan Ingram look like? Is he gonna is Daniel Jones gonna go to him, or is he just gonna consistently go to Tate or 
Saquon. A lot of those guys, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, they're all slot receivers. I mean, we'll call Evan Ingram what he is. He's not putting his hand to the ground and, and knocking defensive ends around. He's he's a big slot wide receiver. And so I was kind of confused when they signed Golden Tate in the offseason because it's – Yes. Three yes. slot wide receivers who excel at playing inside. So it may not be necessarily who is Daniel Jones throwing to. It's who of these three guys is actually going to work inside because that's what they all excel at. Are they going to kick Sterling Shepard out wide even though he's better inside? You know, I don't know. And so, yeah. Yeah, I have almost nothing to add. I'm, again, kind of one of those offenses I'm mostly avoiding. I think Saquon's obviously who he is, but uh, like you said, he, he can return a heck of a lot of value right now. And I I really liked Ingram, but uh, he, I also saw recently he's got the toughest tight end schedule uh, per pro football focus for this year at least. Um, and I've seen him starting to get drafted higher and higher and so like you said there's a lot of mouths to feed and that all kind of do the same thing so it'll be interesting to see how it gets sorted out but no one in particular I'm super excited about I think Shepard's a little bit low considering they signed him like a um a wide receiver one but at the same time they're saying golden take to a relatively long-term deal too yep yep so I think um this is from a, a super flex note. I don't know if you guys have noticed this in super flex drafts, but Daniel Jones has been getting a lot of disrespect. And I don't know yep. why people are taking him past the, I mean, quite frankly, the number six overall pick should be a first rounder. Um, I don't understand in a super flex league. I don't understand why he's falling out of first round, second rounds. I was in a super flex league where he had, I drafted him in the fourth round. It's like, Whoa, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like what, why, why with the disrespect? Like I, I know it's not a popular pick, but, He's going to be the quarterback. He's going to have weapons around him. They're going to be in negative game script. Like Fourth round in a rookie draft or fourth round yeah, in a – Rookie draft. Rookie okay. draft. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was baffled, man. Just It's it just, it just kind of – I don't know. He gets a lot of the negative New York hype. But yeah, I think what happened What happened with that was really the draft is when, it, when they happened, it was like, why didn't you get Haskins? Right, sure. You yeah. know, I think that's what affected his draft stock really is because everybody's talking so negatively about him. But getting him in the fourth round is a little ridiculous because he's going to get a shot. Yep. yep. He'll, he'll so, get at least a year to two years of leash. Yeah, and then even – because if, if he if – he, quite, quite frankly, if he sucks, he doesn't have the pressure that Rosen had. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Even, even being picked – picked in the first round he doesn't have that pressure because they drafted him to sit him behind Manning. yep yep there's no pressure I, for him to play this year like yeah, might, i would take no daniel, i'd take daniel jones at the back end of the first round in superflex rookie draft i'd be very happy about it yep i got him in this i got him in the late second round and in, in one league and i thought i was doing well but fourth round that's props to you <laughs> so question how did you get him in the fourth round and you didn't get, you didn't draft him in like the third or second? Yeah. Did you get a feel for Did you get a feel for the draft that he was just going to fall? Yep. yep. And so that's kind of, it kind of seemed like he was getting disrespected over and over again. And I was kind of like, well, I'm not in a huge need for a quarterback. Cause I have Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, Matt Stafford and Cam Newton. So I was like, I don't really need a quarterback. So I just kept punting it, okay. punting it. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, I'm not letting him slide past you. Like He's a quarterback one. No, ex- exactly. And I just I just want the people to, to hear that just because know your draft. It, drafting is an art. 
you got to know your information, but it's kind of like poker. You got to read the room. Yep. No, like we talked about before, it's about being an athlete, right? You can have a plan, but being able to adjust as, as it happens. All right. I like the way you did it here. You went from good team, you sandwiched and you sandwiched the uh, bad teams in the middle. Yeah, Let's move on to the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles. Right? They, <laughs> nobody wants to watch the middle two. So uh, Philadelphia, this is Lou's second team. This is my second team. Hopefully, Luke, we can bring you on and have the Eagles be your secondary team. Um, <laughs> the quarterback's Carson Wentz. He's my quarterback six in dynasty value. He is 26 years old, entering his fourth season. He's been injury prone uh, the last two seasons, despite having an MVP caliber year two years ago. In the offseason, he signed a mega four-year, $128 million extension. It's pretty much uncuttable until 2022, and that's when his cap hit hits $31.2 million and his dead cap's $24.5 million. In 2023, his cap hit is $36.27 million with a dead cap of 15.2, and then 2024, it's $32 million cap hit with $6 million in dead cap. So he's pretty much untouchable for the foreseeable future. Uh, they traded for Jordan Howard in the offseason. I have him as my dynasty running back 39. He's 24 years old, entering his fourth NFL season. Last year, he actually finished as a running back 20 in PPR formats. And his first two seasons in the NFL, he ran for over 1,100 yards, and he was just short of 1,000 last year. He's in the final year of his rookie deal. I would not expect them to re-sign uh, Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders is a running back they drafted in the second round this year. I have him as my running back 13. He's 22 years old. He sat behind Saquon Barkley, which is kind of admirable in today's college football landscape where dudes are transferring left and right. So he sat behind the, the number number two overall pick in the draft, Saquon Barkley. Ran for over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns when he had the chance. So he's on a four-year deal. Alshon Jeffrey is the lead pass catcher there. I have him as my wide receiver, 47. He's 29 years old, entering his eighth NFL season. He finishes the wide receiver 26 last season. Saw over 90 targets last year. Um, he's got three years left on his extension, and he'll be an unrestricted free agent after 2021. His cap hits make him uncuttable uh, this season, but maybe next year he's got a cap hit of 15.9 million and dead cap of 6.9, and that drops even more in 2021 with a cap hit of 15.9 and then 2.9 million in dead cap. Deshaun Jackson's the other big name wide receiver in Philadelphia. They signed him this offseason. I have him as my wide receiver at 98, which sounds super low, but just for dynasty value, I don't think he's that valuable. If you're a contender, he's definitely somebody I'd be buying as a piece to try to win a championship. He's 32 years old during his 12th NFL season. He saw 74 targets last year, and he was the wide receiver 42 while playing with Tampa Bay in 2018. He signed a three-year $28 million deal in the offseason with Philadelphia, and his uh, – his cap hit it doesn't really make him cuttable until 2021, where his cap hits 10.9 million and his dead cap is 5.8 million. So he might be around for a little bit. Uh, in Philadelphia, the Eagles have two pretty good tight ends. The first one's Zach Ertz. I have him as my tight end five, and we talked about this in a previous show, Lou. We can get back into it as to why he's so low in dynasty value. But he's 28. He's entering the seventh NFL season. He was the tight end two last year in PPR formats and saw over 150 targets. He's got three years left on his deal which makes him an unrestricted free agent in 2022. His cap hits don't he, – he's really not cuttable until 2021 where he sees an $11.8 million cap hit with dead cap of only $6.7 million. And the other tight end to know for Philadelphia is Dallas Goddard. I have him as my dynasty tight end number 10. He's 24 years old, entering his second season. He was a second-round pick last year, and he finished as the tight end 20 last season despite only seeing 44 targets. Uh, second round rookie pick. So he's got a four-year deal as well. 
Some other names I like to watch in Philadelphia, I like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They drafted him in the second round. And then I like Nelson Aguilar. They actually picked up his fifth-year option. He could be a sneaky late-round uh, best ball guy. Guys, what do you think about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? I love the Eagles uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think Wentz is being very undervalued right now. Um, I've seen him go as late as quarterback 10, quarterback 12 in some drafts. And I, I think uh, I've got him same as you, quarterback six in my rankings. Uh, and it's pretty close between four and six with me on that. So um, I'm all over Carson Wentz. I think that he's being very undervalued. Uh, same with these passing options. I think that Deshaun Jackson's super interesting in best ball leagues right now, uh, especially uh, dynasty leagues. If you want to throw him in there as kind of your wide receiver five or six, um, I, I think he, he can win you a couple weeks if you really need a, a flex option when it's by week set. So uh, I think that the most interesting piece in Philadelphia though, is I think Zach Ertz is just criminally, uh, not being talked about right now. And all the hype is about Kittle and Kelsey, especially in dynasty and Ertz to me, he's been consistent for a number of years and he's actually younger than Kelsey. And uh, I know there's a lot of mouse to feed on this offense, but offense runs through or through Ertz. And we've seen that for years now. And, uh, Godert's uh, an interesting piece, and I think that maybe long-term he's going to be there. But Ertz is stuck where he's out at least for another two seasons uh, based off his contract. So I'm I'm still all in on Ertz. I think I have him in just about every league I'm competing in right now because he's not being valued like he should be. I agree. Um, I see Ertz based off his, his age, uh, 28 years old. But, I mean, like – you said, Luke, there is a lot of mouths to feed, but there is only one look that Carson gives before yep. he spreads it out. Yep. And that's Ertz. Now, I have a gentleman that I do another show with. He did talk about uh, how Goddard and, and Zach Ertz can kind of be like a Gronk and Aaron Hernandez at that time because mm-hmm. both are really good options. I mean, they're both they're both good tight ends. Um. But for me personally, I'm fading the wide receivers because like you said, Luke, when you were talking about both of them and Deshaun Jackson, you didn't really relate it to fantasy football as far as consistency, best ball, best ball. You don't need to be consistent yep. to play them. So I'm fading both of them personally. Miles yeah. Sanders, I love. Jordan Howard, I like for this year. And Wentz, I love for the future. I think, I think they ended up trying. So I have this theory, Luke, and uh, I know I've talked a little about it. I don't think – so how are the Eagles able to assemble that defensive line that they've had? Uh, they've been able to pay a quarterback in a rookie contract. They've been able to go out and sign these other guys. Just like the model we're seeing now, you know, we see it in Chicago with Trubisky. We see it in L.A. with the Rams and, and Jared Goff. These teams are assembling around these young quarterbacks so they can build them up before they got to pay the quarterback $30 million a year. Carson Wentz just signed that $30 million a year contract. And so I think somewhere along the line, they have to figure out who they're going to pay. And can they have my, – my thoughts with Ertz is I think he's a pretty dang good tight end, but are we expecting 156 targets when 
his previous high was 112. Are we expecting 150 plus targets this season? Or does he fall back into, I mean, his 2015, he was at 112, 2016, 106, 2017, 110. So right around that 110 mark, that's kind of where I see him, you know? Yeah. But even then he was, what were his tight end finishes? I mean, they had to have been top four. His t- 2015, he was number nine, 2016, six, 2017, three. Cause he's about, okay. Yeah. I mean, his 15 yeah. year, he only had two touchdowns so that obviously hurt him. And then he went to four touchdowns and then eight touchdowns. So like the touchdown numbers definitely help, but he's yeah. right around 825 to 850 yards. It's just a tight end or a touchdown variability there. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is, I mean, obviously Kelsey is who he is, but beyond that, I mean, you could say the same thing about Kittle. I mean, Kittle had a couple of just major plays. I mean, those couple of 80, 90 yard touchdown uh, catch and runs that obviously padded his stats. And I, I like Kittle as much as the next guy, but um, you could really say that about anyone else in that tight end range. And I think Ertz has about the safest floor outside of Kelsey and uh, that's worth a whole lot at the tight end position. So um, even if he does regress a little bit, I, I would love to have Ertz on a contending team because I think that it's as safe as it gets. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, realistically, for me, being a 49er fan, I have more questions about Kittle than I do about Ertz. Yeah. Because, so why is that? Well, because the thing is not saying – and don't get me wrong. I am not saying Kittle is not going to be good, but he was good in a situation where they had nothing. Yep. Sure. So you add more mouths. I get that. Yeah. So, and and not only that, I mean, you had one game and even though you saw Jimmy Garoppolo go to Kittle, it's not the same. I mean, you're just going to have more mouths. You're going to have Dante Pettis, who I think will be good. And then you have Debo Samuel. And then again, please. (laughs) (laughs) I said it beforehand when we, when we did, when we did that division, I said, look out for Trent Taylor because he was not on our notes. And wasn't there news recently about Trent? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I know my team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what I will say about George Kittle, though, versus Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz is your classic. And I, I don't want to make this comparison because Zach Ertz, I think, is a much better athlete. But Jason Witten and Zach Ertz are your – I'm going to catch – I'm going to get open. I'm going to catch the ball. I'm going to fall down. Zach Ertz averages about 10 yards a catch. That's fine, though. I mean, George the thing Kittle. is, he's getting the yeah. targets. But it's not you're not getting the upside of, of George Kittle taking a slant to the crib 80 yeah. yards out, you know? And no, so, and, and, yeah. And yeah, I agree. And, and again, just one more point with, the, with Kittle is he also has two running backs who are pass catchers. Yeah, no, yeah. and so that's fair. But that's, but that's just kind of what Sanders. I'm saying with Kittle. And they just re-signed Darren Sproles. So – I don't know. I, I like Zach Ertz and what he brings, like you're saying, Luke, for a contender. But if I'm – I just I just don't know, man. I'm not as sold on Zach Ertz as I am uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, O.J. Howard, and T.J. Hawkinson, in my, in my opinion. But Wow, you have Hawkinson over Ertz? As far as dynasty value, I do. I don't necessarily oh. think he's going to outproduce him in 19 or 20. Let's sure. – I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think is going to happen is TJ Hawkinson becomes a vital part of that offense. And two years from now, Zach Ertz is 30 years old and potentially on a different team. Yeah, so, I guess that's all about roster construction. Yeah, and right. Obviously a contender. I would, I'd pay up for Ertz. I'd pay really good money for Ertz if I'm trying to win this year. Yes, um, I agree. Yep. Yeah, well, in, that, in, in a startup. Let, let's just say in a startup. It would depend on what, what my philosophy is because – if I, because where, where are you drafting Ertz in a startup? Probably in the third or fourth round, right? 
Yeah, so, but you know, with him, you're you're going to win. My point is, is that in when you do a startup, you want to win because especially if there's money, yep, and you win the league, you basically have what three to five years to continue to build for free yeah. instead of having to pay every year. So yep. you have a better chance of doing that with Earth than you do with Hawkinson in a startup. Not saying I don't like Hawkinson, you know I do. Oh yeah, that's fair. No, and that's fair because and the other thing too is Zach Ertz holds value too so if you decide four or five games in you know you know hey this team i drafted that i thought was going to be a winner is not okay so i can flip Ertz. you can probably get hawkinson i've yet to see that happen i've honestly seen people and again a lot of the folks i play with are from michigan so there's a little bit of bias towards tj hawkinson but i've yet to see i mean i've offered straight up zach Ertz for tj hawkinson have been declined whoa so, hold yeah. on hold on you had Ertz and you traded for Hawkinson and they declined it? Yeah, just a one for one. That's all I was looking for. Can I be in your league? Wow. Hey. One one thing I think a lot of oh man. I think one thing that a lot of dynasty players, especially the early on when they start playing, don't understand is how value it's great to value Hawkinson high and want that, but you also gotta realize that Hawkinson's value is going to go down. Like and I mean, sure. Okay. He could come that's out. A, that's he, a good point. He, Hawkinson could, in theory, there's a very small chance that he comes out this first year and he just smashes. But even the best tight ends very rarely come out the first year or two and just absolutely smash. Sure. Any, any pass catcher for that matter. And by the time next year rolls around, you could easily get Hawkinson for a 2021st. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, but Ertz, on the other hand, like, he is a guaranteed value. And it's great. It's a great thing. I'm sorry. I'm getting on a soapbox. But it, it's oh. a great thing to have hope in rookies and the hype that comes into them. But people just trade solid assets away that are proven for a dart throw. And Hawkinson checks all the boxes. I I love Hawkinson. I'm a huge fan fan. Um, but even then, like, you got to – you, you got to put more stock in the uh, the proven guys. Yeah, for sure. And it, it all goes back to roster construction. So one question for you guys before we move on. Who do you think has a a better rookie season, Chris Herndon as a rookie in 2018 or TJ Hawkinson in 19? Oof. From a fantasy football perspective. Oh, um, I don't know. They both have um, kind of a similar situation because in with the Jets last year, he – Henderson was a good option. I mean, with not nothing elite at, with anything else, and Lions kind of same thing. I ooh, that's a good one. It's close. I yeah. So I, I will say I, I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <sighs> Chris Herndon was the number five fantasy tight end, uh, rookie fantasy tight end in uh, I think since two thousand six. So. I I would say I would say Hawkinson's a little bit behind that, and I think that Fant is a little bit ahead of it. As far as uh, Herndon, okay, fair enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. All right, well, guys, I mean, I think there's a lot of talent in the NFC East here. Uh, some good young running backs, some good wide receivers. Uh, the quarterbacks are kind of a question mark, I think, from what we discussed. But you guys got anything in general about the NFC East? One thing I, I just I have to put it on the record because I'm just it's every year there's a couple players like this. Everything in my head 
wants to go after Miles Sanders and something in my heart stops me from doing it and not being willing to pay the price. He checks every stinking box for me and there's something in my gut that just every time stops me from drafting him and not trading back or trading him away for a piece. So I, it's probably one I'm going to regret. Um, well, I think also there's a, there's a very good possibility that his draft stock kind of declines. Cause like I said, I, I think people are undervaluing Howard and yeah. he's yeah, going to cut into it. So I think he's going to come down a little bit and I think that's when you buy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Cause I, I want to, I want to like Sanders a lot. He's just, he's, he looks so good on film and checks every box. But again, I just, for some reason I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's no, good division. Should be good football. All right. Ready, Nate? Yeah, hit it, man. And now, the prospect of the week. Of the week. All right. This week's prospect of the week is Eno Benjamin, Jr. out of Arizona State. He's a running back, five foot ten, two 201 pounds. Uh, when he graduated high school in the 2017 class, he was the number six running back in that class, ended up being one of the highest recruits ever to attend Arizona State. He's played in 22 games. He's got 1,784 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns, averaging five and a half yards a carry. What I really like about his game is he's got 40 catches for 278 yards and two touchdowns across his career. Um, he last season was a full-time starter after Kalen Balaj graduated, I'm sorry, entered the NFL draft. And uh, he made the most of that opportunity by going over 1,600 yards rushing and having 16 rushing touchdowns. Um, but like I said, a lot of the uh, PPR formats, I want to see these running backs be able to catch the football. And Eno Benjamin places himself in my top five because he can catch the football. And he finished third. Uh, amongst the Sun, the Sun Devils in receptions and fifth in receiving yards. So they just had uh, Nikhil Harry drafted in the first round of uh, the 2019 NFL draft. So Eno Benjamin becomes even more prevalent in that offense. And I, I, I could see him making a step, you know, near 2,200 scrimmage yards this year uh, for the Sun Devils. He is my running back number four in the 2020 class behind DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, and Jonathan Taylor. And I think he's easily a first-round dynasty pick in 2020 and i think he's probably a second or third round nfl draft pick. luke do you have any opinions about like rookies <laughs> of next year no i really don't uh i tend to start to shape my view on them as i watch i watch a lot of college ball uh but I usually don't pay too much attention until their senior year. I know Benjamin's a good player, a uh, lot of good prospects this coming year, but I tend to not shape my viewpoints uh, too strongly until, honestly, the NFL draft happens. So I'll let you know I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. That's my, my conference. So uh, I'll give you some thoughts once the year rolls along on Benjamin and I start to watch him some more. He was impressed yeah. last year. Yeah, let me know, man. Yeah, you guys are better at that than me. I really don't start watching until I start viewing for uh, – before I really start watching film before they're coming into the league. So, I mean, like I said, it, if anybody – like, it really is something to focus on because I, I have a list and I'm I'm taking these names down, so I know these are guys that I really have to watch. Yeah, he's he's a solid back. I don't think he's going to get the, the paparazzi, if you will, of the top three guys with – DeAndre Swift, ETN, and uh, Jonathan Taylor, but he's a sneaky good running back, and I think he, he's he got 
pretty good ability to make an impact in the NFL pretty early. No, I agree. I agree. All right. All right. Let's get into this Twitter analysis. Cool. So for this week's Twitter roster analysis, uh, Nick Pentakoff, you can find him on Twitter at gnarly Nick with two K. So at G N A R L Y N I C K K. His team on Yahoo is called Quinn and Ain't Easy. A little nod to uh, Quinn and Williams of the New York Jets. He's rolling a quarterback, uh, Andrew Luck. He's got Julio Jones and Sammy Watkins as his wide receivers. He's got, hold on, let me find it again here. He has, I'm sorry, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, A.J. Green. Uh, he ended up making a trade, so he's got Le'Veon Bell as a running back for him, and he's got uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's got a tight end at George Kittle, and then Carrion Johnson's in his flex. So I think it's a pretty dang good team, uh, just looking at those the starting lineup. Uh, he traded for Le'Veon Bell, and that kind of scares me a little bit, but I, I just can't make an opinion about Le'Veon Bell. I'm here, you know, you heard the reports in the offseason that he was 260 pounds, and then you heard recently that he's running double uh, agility tests with the linemen and with, with the skill guys. So is he – I don't know. I can't really formulate an opinion with Adam Gase there, so I'll just kind of call Le'Veon Bell a push. But he's got carry-on waiting there in case something does happen. Uh, like I said, Julio – Tyler Lockett, A.J. Green, that's a pretty good win-now trio. And then for depth, he's got Kiki QT, Deshaun Hamilton, and Paris Campbell. So that's a nice wide receiver core for a top six. He's got high upside backups with uh, Rashad Penny, Dante Foreman, and Matt Breida. So a lot of options there. Like I said, if Bell doesn't work out, I mean, he's got high upside backups. And his tight ends are ridiculous with uh, George Kittle, Hunter Henry, and Mark Andrews. I really I looked through the other teams in your league, and I, I can't find a trade for you that would benefit you. I think you built a monster, and you just need to let it ride and enjoy enjoy winning a lot of football games this year. Yeah, this guy came on here to brag about his team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would have done necessarily Le'Veon for David Johnson, but, I mean, I think he's been listening to you, Nate, and he just wanted a first-round pick for next year. Yeah, he did get a 2021st in that one, so he's able to add that. But he gave up Sammy Watkins, David Johnson, Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. Yeah, and uh, and A.J. Brown and a 2022 to get Le'Veon Bell, A.J. Green, and Nick Foles. So uh, he improves, I think, A.J. Green this year. I think will outscore Sammy Watkins, but I'm not sure on the Lev Bell, David Johnson thing. And then Jameis Winston I have higher than Nick Foles. A.J. Brown in a two versus a 2021 is kind of a push. So, um I mean, the, te- the team's good. Not yeah, because, I mean, with luck, he, he, I'm okay with doing it. In a super flex, I would say heck no. But in a one-quarterback league, I'm okay with it just because he has luck. The only time he's not going to play luck is on the bye week, which Nick Pohl should be okay to take over. Right. Yeah, I would probably try to trade some of that uh, tight end and quarterback depth he's got sitting on those benches, maybe try to get them for some dart throw um, positional players. Because if you have luck in there – and you got Foles, Rose, and Daniel Jones. If you can throw those at least two of those guys away, maybe Rose and Jones or something for even dart throws, you really just don't need four quarterbacks in a one quarterback league for really any reason. Sure. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. No, that's that's a good team. Get off the show, guy. Yep. <laughs> oh man. So. <laughs> <laughs> any final thoughts yeah so final thoughts i just wanted to say thanks to uh ben uh he was on the show for a little bit 
he is picking it back up with school right now. So he's decided to focus on his schooling. And I think that's important to him. It's important to me as his brother. Uh, and it's really cool that he's, he's able to decide that he needs to focus on that stuff and get that knocked out. So Ben, we're really thankful for your time with us and what you did for us, man. We really appreciate the insight and all the banter we had. I'll still be calling you every day. I go to work to talk fantasy football and, uh, Again, man, thank you. I appreciate it. I agree. I mean, bargain, bargain bin was his segment. So thank you for that because, I mean, I think that really does, does that segment alone will always have will always have Ben on the show because of that because I think that really gives people a good perspective of kind of what to do in your startup and even in trades. But, Ben, it was nice having you on the show, man. Really appreciate you. And good luck with school, man, because it is important. And, you know, this fantasy football – is just a game and i am glad that you were able to realize put it aside and do what's important for you luke thank you for being on the show buddy yeah happy to be here thank you guys for having me it's been uh, fun listening to ben all this time and you're absolutely right made the right decision uh Choosing school over fantasy as much as I hate to admit that. I probably uh, chose fantasy over school one too many times when I was in college. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, good, good for you, Ben. It's already more mature than us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. Peace out. See ya.